Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is for creative professionals, and it's about the bane of every creative professional's existence, clients, in particular, problem clients. Now, clients are a necessary evil, right? They give us work, but they also can be a thorn in our side. Clients, you can't live with them. You can't live without them. They make us crazy sometimes. There are great clients, but then there are also clients that make our jobs really hard. And what I wanted to talk about a little bit is the best way to deal with problem clients. So what's their problem? Let's talk about a few of the problems that clients can have with creative professionals. First of all, price sensitivity. Clients sometimes have a hard time understanding why we charge what we charge for what we do, and they think it is super easy and it shouldn't cost so much money. They also have a hard time seeing or understanding sometimes the return on investment for what creative professionals do. They can also endlessly tweak designs or creative work, so it causes a tremendous amount of work or overwork or revisions for us. They can also do what I call design by committee, which is way too many stakeholders get involved in the creative process where suddenly in the middle of a project, you're hearing from the client's niece about what she thinks about a color, which is the nightmare of any creative professional. There's something called scope creep, which is when you start off with a project that's of a specific kind of size and deliverable, but then it gets bigger and and more complex. And you may not have budgeted either time or money for a change in scope. The client could be just not getting it, not really understanding what it is that you're delivering or why you're delivering what you're delivering to them. Or, worse yet, they can't make a decision and they vacillate back and forth. There could be too many stakeholders and those stakeholders aren't aligned with each other and there can be infighting leading to the inability to make a decision. Clients can also get controlling. They can get up in your business. They can try to influence what it is that you're doing and really design along with you. And the reason why they do this is because in a lot of cases, interacting with a designer is the best part of their day. They may be dealing with spreadsheets all day long or their own problem clients. And doing a design project is a lot of fun. And a lot of them can be jealous of their creative partners. So they want to be involved and can become very controlling in what it is that you do. Also, they're spending, in some cases, a lot of money with you. So they feel like they have the right to get involved in every single aspect of what it is that you're doing. The thing that you have to realize is that times are changing. With design being brought into the C-suite in many companies, design is now really part of the process and people want to be part of the design process. It's in a lot of areas of business where it never used to be. So the days of the secretive genius designer creative person who is some sort of prima donna are over. The days of the prima donna are over. And if you are prima donna, it is going to be an absolute career killer. What you have to do is you have to open yourself up to partnership and working partnerships with your clients. And that leads me to number one. Number one way to work with tough clients is co-creation. What I mean by co-creation is that Your client may want to get involved deeply in what it is that you're doing. And the thing that you have to do and understand is you have to let them. And I know that's really tough to take. Clients may think that what you do in a lot of cases is easy, that you press a button and the design just happens. 
By including them and co-creating with them, you give them an insight into the fact that what you do is not actually easy, it's time-consuming, and it can be very hard. It improves and increases their respect for your skills, and it makes them feel a part of the process. And when they feel a part of the process, they're more apt to support the decisions that you make around aesthetics and strategy than if you were to try to do everything in a black box and keep them separate from it. The second way to deal with problem clients, and this is a really important one, is to have a clear creative brief. You've got to get down on paper what the project is, the scope of it, the strategy of it, the customer target, etc. Writing creative briefs is a real art, and there's an incredible amount of conversation in agencies and with freelancers about writing the perfect creative brief. So having a creative brief that you understand as the creative professional, but also that your client understands and signs off on, and that you are completely aligned in what's in that brief is going to either be the success or the death of your project. Number three is mood boards and analogs. I'm a big fan of using mood boards earlier in the design process and also brand analogs to try to get an idea of where the client is aesthetically and where they are strategically in terms of what they want to be when they grow up. What do they want their brand to be? Who do they admire? What are they aspiring to? To get a good idea of this aesthetically is really helpful for a designer to understand where the client's head is at. The closer you are to understanding that, the less chance you have of developing a problem client. Number four is clear decision-making criteria. Just like the brief is incredibly important, be really clear about who the stakeholders are who are going to make making the final decision on the creative project is really important. And also the criteria that they're going to be using to make the decision about whether this project is successful or not. Number five is closely related to number four. Number five is about making the decision of the success of a project based on strategy and not purely aesthetic. Yes, aesthetics around design and any creative product are important, but if you link that with a strategic approach, then you're talking about something that the client can understand. If you're basing your decisions about what you present on strategy, on semiotics, on color, on a customer avatar, on a particular market to the competitive landscape and positioning your work and describing your work and presenting your work in that context, you are essentially boxing the client into a decision to make saying yes to what it is that you're presenting. So if you are framing your creative work out strategically and they are agreeing to the strategy, then it's not just a beauty contest. And if you're working purely on aesthetics, then it really comes down to what the client likes or doesn't like. And we all know that that's not the best way to go about designing a great creative product. Number six is always over-deliver. By always over-delivering both in product that you're presenting and the customer service that you're giving and the communication, the client is going to be more likely to stay a good client, and they're more likely to recommend you to other businesses and other coworkers down the line. And word of mouth marketing is the best marketing that you can get. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed how to deal with problem clients. And if you did, please visit me at philipvandusen.com. I'd love to help you with your business goals or your professional aspirations. If you need any help with strategy or design, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. And with that, bye for now. 
If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.